Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. City Forum. I'm your host, Zach Layton, here in the booth with Niles Corporon, and I don't want to stop believing that today is going to be a good day. <laughs> As Niles like cringes over there, got it. No, if, that's I, a good one. It's a good one. I'm if a, there's I'm a, a good pun, I got to make it, man. You have to. I'm a, I'm a big fan of wordplay and puns. Uh, maybe not all my friends are, but uh, you know, they, I, they make that face when I make yes. the jokes. So. I feel the same, especially uh, sometimes like with my wife, I'll, I'll make some joke and she'll just ah, shake her head in disbelief. That's part of the fun of it, though, really. Of, of making puns? Yeah, yeah. Of, of seeing the faces. You know, it's, it's a guilty pleasure. Does that make it, is that, is that akin to bullying? Is that like you want the reaction? Oh, or is that I more the performer know. spirit? <laughs> I think it's just part of the desired reaction. I think, uh, you know, the eye roll is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all part of it. It it's really is. It's the, it's the full experience of awesome. the dad joke. Of Indeed. The pun. Indeed. I have to practice those now, apparently. They tell me. So, <clears throat> Niles, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Of course, of course. You are quite the man about town. You're very busy and active in the arts community here, and you have been for, for many years, right? Yes, and, and I think we're very fortunate that this is a town um, of this size where it is easy to be busy in the arts, to be busy oh, in, absolutely. in music, in dance, in theater, mm. in whatever medium you choose, whether it's performative art or, um, or you know, painting or sculpting, mm. drawing, mm-hmm. poetry, writing. It's, we live in a beautiful place full of beautiful people that are ready to create. Yeah, and, and like you said, create in multiple mediums and not just, you know, I, you know, you think of places like Nashville, for instance, is known for music, or you think of Los Angeles is known for film, and they do have other things. And I feel like, you know, you, you know, echoing, mirroring what you just said, this is it's equally everything. Like you go to Main Street Gallery or to the gallery at Pilot House or wherever, and you see this beautiful local, regional artworks, and then you go to K High and you watch amazing theater or dance or you go and you know you have people who are involved in making films like Emilio Torres with the latter absolutely absolutely and it's you know and it's amazing to see some of the 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 big names that have and and are and will come out of Ketchikan Mm -hmm. or out of southeast Alaska or out of Alaska as a whole but I mean uh it's it's really incredible and then there's always something to do. There really is, you know, even in the winter when it's easy to tell yourself that, oh, there's nowhere to go tonight. Oh, there's nothing to mm-hmm. see. There's nothing to do. Um, I think there's a lot more out there than, than some people might realize. So, you know, I hope we get to be able to, uh, to talk about that and about some of the events that are available and the ways that people can get involved. Absolutely. So one way that people can uh, see you regularly is you have a new gig, right? Yeah, I have a couple, and uh, um, one that I'm I've been really excited about is every other Wednesday uh, I've been doing uh, some some kind of relaxed uh, ukulele playing and, and singing mm-hmm. at the uh, at Pilot House Coffee, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's it's a nice sort of coffee shop vibe there. They've really done yeah. a lot to build you know a nice relaxing environment, so I'm happy to be a part of that. Absolutely. And there's a lot of musicians um, that are playing around town right now, and I. You'll have to excuse me if I if I miss any because I know I will. But, <laughs> so many. Um, I know uh, many of you know that 
the Dave Rubin Trio mm-hmm. uh, plays at the New York Cafe mm-hmm. on Fridays from 7 to 9. Um, I'm playing on Fridays now at the Potlatch Bar from oh. 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, Colin McCormick is playing, let's see, 5 to 7 at the Fish House on Thursdays. Um, there's, of course, always open mic where you can catch lots of uh, local artists and, uh, and you know, the house band, which is, is and was happening at the Fish House, but I believe soon they may be moving that back to the Cabaret. cabaret. Yeah, you know, I think that's up in the air right now. I know they were at the Cabaret, and we're happy, so happy the Cabaret is back open. Hoping of course, to have of Carl course. in here at some point to talk about you know, his plans for the reopening of that facility and that, you know, that venue and that space because it is much, much loved. But I think for now they're at the Fish House. I don't know what the plan is. Maybe I'll have to have him in and, and uh, find out, get the skinny, get the scoop, if yeah. you will. And, uh, and of you know, and there's lots of bands that you can find. Uh, and if you follow them on their pages, uh, on their various social media sites, I think it's easy to know when they're going to play. You know, you've got Dude Mountain, you've mm-hmm. got... Uh, I'm sure K-Funk will get back up and running here uh, once Joe Williams is mm-hmm. back in town. You've got The Sheets. You've got Woody's Finest Hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, Arrow to the Knee. Um, you know, there's a lot of cool <laughs> stuff going on in Arrow town to right now. Arrow to the Knee. Who, now, who? I'm not familiar. I might have to uh, brush so up. So, Arrow to the Knee has been kind of... Uh, they've been sort of building because I, I think mostly it was um, Evan Porter and Kalaja Lacornu mm-hmm. were the original... Mm-hmm members but you know they've actually had uh i think mario uh sumner playing um some some bass with them and they might have even had i think dave rubin a few times Mm. come and play some electric guitar with them so they've really been kind of exploring a little bit and it's been cool to see that that's a fun name too uh i feel like that's a skyrim (laughs) there yes they're both big skyrim fans If, if you can't find them uh at open mic and you can't uh find them uh performing somewhere they're probably at home uh playing skyrim right now at least (laughs) that's that's amazing so tell us a little bit more about the you know you have this awesome venue at pilot house right and you said you know it's a coffee shop vibe and you know tonga's federal credit union has really done a great job making that space into this i don't know it's just like a really nice comfortable space you can go in there and rent you know office pseudo office space or actual office space you can have a cup of coffee but then every other wednesday you you know it almost becomes this like i don't know what venue you would how you would like describe it what that's like um well it's really interesting because i i kind of just get to sit in the corner and people listen to me but i get to watch people Mm. you know uh people will come in for meetings um they'll come in with their families or with their friends uh you know and uh you know they come in to look at the art and there's so much beautiful art on the walls uh for sale there uh and uh one thing that i like to do um after i've played for a while just you know i when i play events like that i like you know i'm playing mostly covers because you know you kind of want to play to your crowd and Mm-hmm. stuff that people know they recognize and i love to ask people for requests and oftentimes oh, nice. i'll know them or they'll i'll know them enough that i can be like oh yeah yeah i can figure it. that's easy i can do that mm-hmm. on the spot but sometimes if i don't you know i'll have to maybe look it up in the week or in the next mm. couple of weeks and then i can play it next time and there have been a couple of times where people have come back and seen me at different performances uh, and been like, oh yeah, you played the song that I asked you to learn, or oh, you you played a song by that artist that I told you I liked. So that's really cool to see. It's it's fun to have interactions like that with people. 
No, especially when you're somewhere like that where there's like you said friends and colleagues and regulars of that of that place like maybe somebody you didn't know personally before but you know them from there because they go to get their coffee from there and you see them and you have conversation and now you're you're playing ukulele right yes and only ukulele for now um, i'm hoping that i could work some other stuff in there but there's a bit of technical know-how in, in learning how to be a, a one-man band mm-hmm. when you do these solo imagine. gigs. And I um, I am working on the ability to do some things with, say, like looping pedals, uh, you know, mm. drum loops, things like that. But uh, it's there's definitely a learning curve there. Mm-hmm. And the equipment um, uh, oftentimes has very long manuals and, you know, lots <laughs> of buttons and modes and mm-hmm. settings. So we'll see how that goes. Um, there's still so much that I have to learn about the instruments that I play now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, there's plenty of room for improvement. Yeah, no, definitely. I had Chaz Gist in here a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about the difference between different instruments, and he was kind of talking down on some instruments like mandolin oh. and ukulele. Chaz is not a big fan of the ukulele, <laughs> and I understand that. I the do. feud amongst it, the musicians. It very, it, the ukulele really does have its limitations. Uh, we all know this. We can all see it. If you just hold a ukulele as opposed to holding <laughs> a guitar, you can tell it has its limitations. Right. That's not to say it's not, it's not a fine instrument. It doesn't have its place. Mm-hmm. I personally picked up the ukulele because I didn't really want to play anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. piano, guitar. That's not what I want to do. I want to sing. But... Um, it's a little odd to step into a public space by yourself and just sing acapella. That doesn't mm-hmm. always work out so well. So I picked up an instrument that was easy to learn um, for simple things, you know, for four chord, five chord, six mm-hmm. chord songs. And I never intended to master it. And there are masters out there. There are very fantastic technical, what you might call, I guess, classically trained ukulele classically players. Trained. And, and Chaz might even like cringe at I was me saying say, is that an oxymoron? A classically trained ukulele player <laughs> but uh but uh, you know it was always meant for me to be a um a a way to accompany myself mm. um i would hope that sometime in the future and this is not a this is not a cry for help by any means mm. but i'm you know i am trying to maybe figure out some ideas for for multi-person groups for mm. you know uh for Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you work together, collaborations. Collaborations, collaborations yes. yes. And I do have some stuff in the works, but it's a little too early to say anything or name mm. any names. But, you know, uh, hopefully sometime in the future, um, maybe by this summer, uh, there could be something more than just Niles and his and his not guitar. Yes. Now, out of curiosity, because the way you were framing that was like you just picked up the ukulele one day and could play it. So is that is that something that's new for you, relatively? No, I've, I've been playing on and off for probably mm, seven, eight years or so. That's still relatively new. It's not like you grew up, you know. I think, oh, no, not at all. See, because this is my, my misconception. I think a lot of times when I see musicians, just because of my own personal background with art, right, is, you know, I've been training in dance since I was nine, right? So when people see me dance there's like this assumption like oh he's been doing that his whole life and that's true and so when i see you playing ukulele at pilot house i just assume you've been playing some instrument your whole life like you took piano lessons when you were a kid and then you learned guitar and then you're like oh i'll just play this for fun is that true 
No, no, I did take piano lessons as a, as a kid. Um, and I did take voice lessons for a long time, starting at a, at a fairly young age. Hmm. And I, I played a lot of wind instruments growing up. Okay. Um, I never took guitar lessons or played guitar. Um, you know, I, I never learned to play what you might consider like typical rock band instruments or anything like that, or, or typical, you know, four piece band instruments. Mm-hmm. And the piano was more of a vehicle uh, to learn to play music so yeah. that I could pick up other instruments, other instruments. Okay. Um, which I think is a fantastic thing to do. If anyone's listening, you've thought about taking piano lessons, absolutely do it. It doesn't matter what age you are. If you're getting do into music, it. it is a good set of bones mm-hmm. to start building up uh, the ability to read, play, understand, and perform music. So that's much absolutely. more than piano. You can hit up Austin Hayes for lessons. He does lessons with youth and adults. So if you're looking for that. Now, you mentioned, too, along with that, that you you were you picked up the ukulele as something to play along with your voice, and you just mentioned vocal lessons, and I know you also uh, are the host of karaoke occasionally at the Potlatch as well. I host karaoke maybe a little bit more than I'd like to sometimes. Than you'd like to? Yeah. <laughs> maybe it, more than you should. It, it, yeah, it is fun. <laughs> it, um, it, it can be a little uh, challenging on the voice. You know, you do have mm-hmm. to... Uh, do a lot of projection to uh, to get your voice mm. over people, and it, it can be a bit like herding cats sometimes. <laughs> um, I can imagine, especially at the potlatch. But and then that's the and that's a whole other conversation right there. That uh, you know, if 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 you find yourself um, you know craving music and 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 company and uh, and oftentimes dance with the mm-hmm. way karaoke usually goes, and especially as summer gets closer here. And we start getting some seasonals in town. I know we are counting down, folks. I think it's 22 days till oh, yeah. the first ship. I mean, it's it's around the corner. But uh, you know, there's karaoke almost every night of the week somewhere in town. So if you if you do like to sing, or you do like to dance, or even if you just like to hear people sing, there's some you know some fantastic singers out there, and mm-hmm. and even a lot of these guys and gals that are in bands and that do perform in various aspects around town you can find them oftentimes at karaoke you know Mm -hmm. sort of letting loose and uh you know doing their thing and it's it's pretty cool to see people bond through music in a setting like that totally so it sounds like voice like vocally singing is is really your jam is that why you've been involved with first city players was that where it was like you know what you know what is your goal really with all of this do you, or do you have one or are you just kind of like living the dream you know what i mean well i wouldn't say that i'm necessarily living the dream just yet but um i also wouldn't say that i'm unhappy here in ketchikan i mean there's mm-hmm. there's so much to do and there really is i feel like there's a there's a new almost like a revolution of of music and and theater mm-hmm. and arts coming in Ketchikan I can feel like uh, and maybe it was just that things had to take such a long break uh, during the pandemic Mm. but I feel like we're going to come back with a vengeance Mm -hmm. and and First City Players has been a big part of that and a big part of my life from a very young age and I I think in a lot of ways um, learning to use my voice to sing and, and learning to use my voice like to interact, to play, mm. to talk, to, to open up, kind of came hand in hand. Mm. Uh, the, like, things like voice lessons and singing in choirs, but also being on stage with first city players when I was young. I mean, many people might not know this. I think a lot of the 
people who knew me when I was very young mm. do. Um, I was not always uh, the outgoing, exuberant, um, you know, <laughs> person that I am today, you know, so yeah. full of life and, and, and ready to, you know, I never would have gone on the radio, mm. you know, when I was 12 years old, um, and especially not before that, but through programs like First City Players mm. um, and, uh, and having the ability to sort of step out of myself and do mm. something that felt bigger than me and be part of something that included other people and mm. getting to play with people and getting to create with people mm. helped me become the person that I am today. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I've said it and I will say it over and over again, but we are just so fortunate to have mm. the things that we have, uh, the tools that we have and the, the community that we have to build this. Mm -hmm. And speaking of first city players, um, they actually have a new show coming up, and I'm sure you'd like to talk about that. Of course, yeah. You know, the I didn't get a chance to check out the cast list, but a little birdie told me that you are playing quite a big part in this upcoming production yes, of and Charlie I'm, and the Chocolate Factory. I'm very excited about that, but maybe not for the reasons that people might think. Oh, okay. So I'd, I would Do love tell. to dig into that. Of course. Um, so I kind of went to the auditions for this one on a whim. It had been a little while since I'd been in the show. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I went and saw Clue... And I was mm -hmm. just blown away. It was oh, just one of the coolest things I've seen on that stage. Oh, totally. And oftentimes I don't get to see shows um, because I'm, I'm in them or I'm involved with them in some exactly. way. Exactly. Um, or busy playing and doing other things. Yeah, or mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, but this, you know, it just, it, I guess it reinvigorated me a little bit mm. uh, for my love of theater and especially local theater um, and first city players in this town. And I, I wasn't, you know, when I sat down and went to go see the show, I wasn't really sure what they had coming up, but I'm mm -hmm. flipping through the uh, program, mm -hmm. and the next thing that they're having auditions for is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe. We'll mm -hmm. see. Yeah, we'll see. Right. And then, uh, you know, the, the, the day before the auditions rolls around, and I'm still kind of hemming and hawing about it. I'm on the fence. Mm. And so I just kind of went on a whim that Tuesday, and I walked in, and I was blown away. You would not believe it. They, I mean, they had multiple auditions, but the one I went to, there must have been like 40 people there. Oh, yeah. We were talking and that Austin we're ta was talking about that when he was here, too, that the auditions for First City Players have just been gangbusters these past like few shows. And it's it like wasn't so always that way. No, it's Like, great. there's been times where they've had to reach out and mm -hmm. sort of like scrimp and scrape and, and sort of beg and plead people to come in and fill roles. So mm -hmm. I was just, I, I almost got kind of emotional about it. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, it, it was so cool to see not only so many people like excited and interested, mm -hmm. but also to see so many young people, so many uh, people in high school and middle mm -hmm. school, uh, these, you know, these kids in grade school that were right. just so excited and they were not only just excited, they were there, they were ready to play. They were ready to get involved. They were ready to be wacky and wild and zany mm -hmm. and, and big, um, because uh, for me, my experience was not that way. When I first started getting into this stuff, I was sort of nebbish and like, mm. you know, mm. very like shy and like turned in on myself. And Fletching, kind yeah, of it like took a lot for me to break crab, out. And it was so cool to see um, just all of that energy in a room just boiling over. And I believe Amanda had said that they had, I think, over 75 people or at least 75 people That's audition. Awesome. Yeah. Um so what's really exciting for me is to see how excited people and especially 
young people mm-hmm. and kids are getting about theater in this town. Yes. So that really, it just um, is. It just makes me feel really excited for mm-hmm. the future of, of theater, not only in Ketchikan, mm-hmm. but everywhere, all over the country, because uh, I think we'll always need it. And I, I hope it's always here. A hundred percent. And you never know, like you said you know, earlier, kind of circling back, you never know like what, which one of those young people is going to become the next you know, big thing that yeah, comes the next, from here. The next Rudy Pankow, the next uh, um, uh, you know, Torres. You yeah, know, like, Torres, who knows? or Talia. Um, yeah, or Talia. Forgetting, forgetting last names here. Medell. Sorry, Medell, yeah, um, thank you. You know, whether they might get into... Uh, you know, stage acting, or they might, mm-hmm. you know, get into acting for film or directing mm-hmm. or producing or, you know, and I mean, there's, you know, there's some pretty uh, famous bands that have come out of Alaska. I mean, look at like Portugal, the man, mm-hmm. um, there's famous painters that have come out of Alaska, you know, an artist, look at Ray mm-hmm. Troll, you know, mm-hmm. look at everything Dave Rubin has done. Absolutely. You know, we have some amazing uh, Alaska native carvers here, mm-hmm. you know, we, there's authors, you know, there's, there's so much happening here. Um, but to get back to talking about first city players, uh, yes, I am very excited about traveling the chocolate factory. It is a fun, short little play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's about an hour long. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. the performances I believe will be the 22nd and 23rd of next month. That's April 22nd that sounds right. and 23rd. And uh, tickets are on sale now. You can uh, go online to firstcityplayers.org or you can find the link on their Facebook page and, uh, you know, buy your tickets now. I think a lot of people are going to be very excited about this show. I think it's going to be very accessible. And uh, for those uh, young people and kids that, you know, are not in the show, Mm -hmm. if you, as a parent want to get your child interested in theater, this would be a fantastic one to bring them to and show them this show and be like, Hey, look, that could be you. You could get involved in something like this. Mm -hmm. And it can really be a life changing experience. It's a great way to make friends, to learn, to roll with the punches, um, to be creative, to think on your feet, um, to, to open yourself up to others, Mm -hmm. uh, to be a part of something bigger. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're definitely one of those people who is an amazing spokesman for the power of like what art and what, what a program like First City Players can do for a person's life, especially a young person. I know there's a lot of people who go through, you know, whether it's the like drama program at K-High or it's Kitchcan Theater Ballet or it's, you know, dance team or drill team or any of these things, you know, the the you know art school program or any of the visual arts programs that the arts and humanities council you know produces or even even some of the things i do at the museum you know in the tongas historical center like the just like you said the the power of that and how you know you said 12 year old you would never have come on the radio now you're sitting here and you're you're in this production and you're you're doing all of these things and it's because you were given the opportunity to you know, absolutely go out and you know and be put out there and, and we're really thankful that we have the ability within these organizations for to keep all of those things accessible to people who would normally not be able to afford to participate you know we're really grateful to like the city of Ketchikan and the Ketchikan Gateway Borough and the state of Alaska 
you know, with their continued funding, allows for all the arts organizations, nonprofits here to be able to make all these things accessible like in the schools, going directly into the schools, bringing the schools to the shows, things like that. I mean, it's just it's just awesome. But let's let's stay on on uh, Charlie here for a minute. So tell us about your role in the production and how you think you might be approaching that with, of course, with Amanda Glanzer, well, director's help. So I, I think to, uh, to and I'll circle back to this, um, but um, I think an important aspect of how I'm approaching this is going to tie into what I, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, which mm, is, course. which is the approachability of first city players to anyone. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I get people asking me all the time and especially lately I've had more and more people asking me, I think, in part because it's been a hard winter mm. i think mm-hmm. in part because uh you know they just they see people like me or myself out there just having a blast having mm. fun mm-hmm. a lot of people went to go see clue they see people on stage like that looks so fun, fun wow, they yeah. look they're having a great time mm-hmm. and that's the thing that's the secret they are uh-huh. they are having a fantastic a time yes. almost all the time that's not to say at times it can't be stressful or that it can be a little scary mm-hmm. but let me tell you i've been doing this for a long time i still get scared sometimes mm-hmm. i walked into the audition uh for charlie and the chocolate factory you know, and I saw how excited all these people were, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was out of place. <laughs> like I was like, "Oh man, like this." Th- I feel sort of alien here, and I've been there a million times, mm-hmm. and I still get nervous. And that's fine because that that excitement and that nervous and nervousness and uh, you know the the trepidation, mm-hmm. you can use that to feed the energy oh, that totally. you need to have that fun. Mm-hmm. So what I want to say to anyone of, of any age, of any occupation, of of any creed and culture, whoever you are out there, if you're listening to this in Ketchikan or anywhere else, if you can hear me, if you have any inclination to get involved with theater, and I'm going to talk about First City Players here, but wherever you, wherever you can and whenever you can, even if it's not today or this week or this year, just go try it. Mm-hmm. First City Players for instance, is it's very easy. You go on their website at firstcityplayers.org or you go on um, their social media mm-hmm. at Facebook or wherever you can find a link or when they're talking about um, auditions, you go in, you fill out a form, tell them what your availability is, mm-hmm. if you're interested in roles or if you're not or what you want to do, and then you play. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. You go and be open. We work all the time. We work every day. If you're in school, you're working. If you're in secondary education, you're working. Mm-hmm. If you got a job, you're working. But you can go into First City Players, and you don't have to work. Yeah, you, you get to play. Great, great time. Just have fun. You just yeah. You just become something different. You go back to that place, wherever it was. If you ever had that place where you got to just imagine, mm-hmm. you know, you uh, you got to be something else anything other than the thing that you have to do to get through every day. Mm -hmm. So with all that being said, how am I approaching this role? Uh, Well, there's, it comes with a lot of uh, sort of baggage, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I love Gene Wilder. We all loved Gene Wilder. Right. Fantastic actor. Um, I love watching him and everything I've ever watched him in. And I've seen so many of his films, Mm -hmm. but this is not, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the film. Nor is it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the film with Johnny Depp. With Johnny Depp. Right. It's neither of those things. This is First City Players' production mm-hmm. of 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Which um, is based on the, more right. on the book. A by short Waldo. play written right. by a high school teacher, I believe in 1976, based <laughs> closely on the children's book by Rod Dahl. Okay. So what I am trying to do is do the best I can to make this something, and, and this is what I think anyone should do with any role, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to tell people what to do. You approach a role how you want to. Absolutely. But find the part of you that connects to the character you're trying to play. Mm-hmm. Form as many connections as you can. Try to get to know who you think that character is. Mm. What makes them special to you? What makes them like you? What makes them not like you? Um, mm-hmm. Find a reason for it to mean something to you, and the acting will follow. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and while we're while we're doing that, like, take us through a little bit. And you kind of that's like surface level a little bit, but like, take us through your process of creating a character because I know. I have my own process from like a dance perspective, which is very, in some ways is super in depth and in some ways not, you know, like, uh, I remember I one time had the role of Drosselmeyer and the Nutcracker was being choreographed on me for, you know, a new version of the production, you know, it's performed every year, everywhere, all over the world. Right. But this was a brand new version. And so all the choreography was new, all the acting was new and everything. And my, my best friend and I, uh, Adam Bloodgood and I were, cast as the same part in that and so we like watched movies that had magicians in it and we looked up magic tricks and like how magicians operate because you know he's supposed to be this like you know he's supposed to be a magician at the party in this version and then be more um of us like not a sorcerer per se but you know real magic like what you consider like not harry potter but like real magic later when he's you know, banishing objects and making things grow and turning it into this, you know, this living room into a storybook. And so, you know, the process was, okay, who is this guy? Like, who am I? What do I want? Where am I going? You know, who, who am I? And had to write some stuff down and kind of like keep it in my head. So what's, what's kind of your process for creating the character? Well, those are all very important questions to ask who you are, Mm -hmm. um, who this character is. And I think for, uh, at least for the sake of talking about this, um, when you're asking those questions, it does need to be, who am I? Not who is, for in this instance, mm-hmm. for you, who is Drosselmeyer? I, I would not sit here and be like, who is Willy Wonka? Mm-hmm. Like, because that's your, I'm already almost uh, stepping outside of the premise. Yeah, you're like dissociating yeah, a little d- bit. And you don't mm-hmm. want to dissociate. You want to try to become as much as you can and uh and really empathize mm-hmm. with the character uh accept whatever it is and this can be especially hard if you're playing um a role that is so outside of who you are mm-hmm. like maybe they're kind of a jerk or maybe <laughs> you're a really loud and boisterous person and they're very quiet or mm-hmm. you know whatever the differences might be the thing that stands out to me most about Willy Wonka is that in body, in mind, in spirit, in in some ways appearance, and in in uh, in many ways in attitude and demeanor, mm. he's a big kid. He's a big kid. <laughs> okay. He's like he never like his imagination never went away. Mm. It never died. That's like his superpower, and that's why he's able to do all these fantastic, um, just ridiculous, absurd, uh, impossible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that imagination that was supposed to go away didn't. Mm. And uh, normally, I think, you know, in the real world, 
um, if if somebody was truly like that, they would have a lot of trouble adjusting. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know, it would be difficult to to do all the things you need to do as an adult. You know, pay your bills and you know remember to uh, re up your car insurance every year, <laughs> etc., cetera, mm-hmm. etc. Cetera. But Willy Wonka doesn't live in that world. He lives in his own world where he has created all of it, self contained mm-hmm. in this factory where literally anything can happen. You can break the the boundaries of science and physics and Mm. time (laughs) and just do anything he wants to do. So that's like his world. Now, when I think about building a character in general, normally, uh, for me, yes, it is in part about who that character is. But when I think about what makes you and me who we are as people, Mm. it's not necessarily just us. It's the people around us that make us who we are. Mm. It's the people we spend time with. Mm. So usually when I think about a character, Mm. what I'm thinking about is how do I relate to every other character I have to interact with? Interesting. Um, Because if you start thinking about how this person relates to these other people that they're on stage with, and the stage is their world for the Mm -hmm. purposes of this argument. When you're on the stage together, that's your world together. It's all you see. It's all it is. It's... That's your reality. Mm-hmm. It's its own. Yeah, it's its own little. Yeah, it's its own spinoff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a like a parallel universe where everything mm-hmm. that you say happens on stage mm-hmm. is happening in front of you, even if you and the audience can't see it. Mm-hmm. And when you think of it in terms like that, it almost makes it really, really simple to figure out where you're going mm-hmm. and what you're doing and why, because you care about these other people on stage. You mm-hmm. care about these characters. You care about what happens to them you're intrigued and curious about who they are Mm. and all those things will show. And of course there are times when you have to be on stage by yourself. Um, and it, and then I think if you think really hard about the differences in how you act or how anyone acts Mm. when they're around people and when they're alone, those two personas that we have and, and what makes that difference and how and why. And, uh, and that's really, it's a personal thing. It's, they're personal questions you have to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody comes to these conclusions the same way, I don't think. Right. Now, you know, not, again, I love the uh, callbacks, right? Like you were talking about when you're playing at Pilot House, you like to sometimes sit back and watch people. How much does your people watching end up coming into the characters that you create? Oh, people watching? Well, I would say... Uh, I know for me that there's oftentimes I find myself uh, mimicking or parroting behavior. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a natural human thing. I think some of us do it more than others. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is really interesting to watch the little things um, that people do and say and their little idiosyncrasies, you know, Mm. the small things we do every day, uh, the way somebody checks their watch, Mm. um, you know, uh, the way somebody opens a door, uh, the way somebody drives their car, like just watching somebody do something in their natural, because there's, there's if you talk about action, when somebody is doing something and like to act, because we are talking about acting, yeah. like an action, whether it's on stage or in life, I, be, I believe falls in the two categories. You have um, like passive action hmm. and you have um uh, like active, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, thoughtful, intentional action. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think there is a lot of beauty and a lot to be said 
about passive action, mm-hmm. watching the passive things that people do. And it's those little things that sometimes can really build a character. Mm. What do you do when you're not doing anything mm-hmm. or when you think you're not doing anything? Think you're not doing Because you're always, always doing something. 100%. And the best actors, I believe, whether in film or on stage, are the ones who, when they're not doing anything, they are doing so something. much. Yeah. They are doing so much. They are telling you who they are through their idle time. Mm-hmm. I could not agree more. Like you can just tell the, like you said, the measure of that, of that actor or that actress, like how much they are putting out in there. I mean, you could not have said it better in the idle time. And there's also a, like an art to that too, of not drawing focus. Cause I know I've definitely gotten in trouble. It's a fine line. I've definitely gotten in trouble for doing that. So sorry. Any directors out there that are listening <laughs> of mine of trying to like pull, you know, you're doing too much in the background, but it's, it's those little, like you said, that passive, passive action, those little idiosyncrasies. So, you know, it's really interesting. You're saying like you, you exist in this like parallel dimension, right? Cause like you said, Willy Wonka is able to break the rules of time and space and physics and and we think about you know with the marvel cinematic universe right they all kind of exist in this world i sometimes feel like raw doll books kind of exist in this also like there's like a multiverse where you could say like okay maybe the bfg and witches and charlie and the chocolate factory are all taking place in the same parallel universe right where magic is possible in a way i mean they do in a way they all took place in his head right and they're and they're on the paper mm. i mean i i think it would be fantastic if he was right here for an interview i know um i would suspect that uh looking at his works that he probably kind of felt like a big kid mm. in his life too the way i was talking about the character of willy wonka mm-hmm. um you know i think there's just a lot to be said about suspending your disbelief a little bit when it mm. comes to things like theater, uh, when it comes to mm. uh, performative mediums. Whether you're a part of it, whether you're watching it, no matter how you're involved, um, because if you're aware of it, you're involved with it. You know, Whether you're consuming it or you're creating it, mm-hmm. you are a part of that. No performance can exist without an audience, even mm-hmm. if it's an audience of one. Like it's not a performance yes. if there's no one to perform for. So that conversation back and forth creates that suspension mm. that, you know, and you can let yourself get as lost in it as you want, or you can just appreciate it, you know, as a, as a passing thought. Mm-hmm. But I think you will, I think people do enjoy it more when they really let themselves get absorbed and lost in things, you know, mm-hmm. like the way you would in a good book when you mm-hmm. just can't put it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And then, you know, you had kind of touched on it before, too, but I think that's one of the things that is so important about theater versus film. And I know Elizabeth Nelson has talked about this before as well, where it's easy, easier, I will say, to suspend your disbelief in the film because there's this correlation. Like, oh, the credits come up or the lights go out in the theater and now you're in this film world and so it doesn't you don't you're not going oh that can't happen that's impossible you know sometimes you're watching a movie and you're like oh come on right but like in the matrix you're not like oh come on how is that supposed to happen you know it's it's not bound by the same rules and there's something about being live in person where sometimes we want to you you want to have that same suspension of disbelief but it's it's not as easy 
I think for a lot of people. And that's why it's, it's an, it's an appreciation that grows from seeing something repeatedly. Like you don't just go one time and you're like, okay, I got it right. You, you go and you consume that media. It's like with music, the first time you hear some off color kind of music, it kind of almost hurts your ear a little bit, but then maybe if you listen to it a few more times, you start to notice some nuances, you start to get into that mode. Well, I think, uh, one way of looking at it uh, that I'm that sort of popped into my head as you're saying mm-hmm. all this is that let's say you have a favorite album mm. like there's mm-hmm. a band you really like right. you love this album you want to listen to it you know you could listen to it all the time and maybe yeah. it's one of your your desert island on repeat you know yeah. like 10 CDs etc can't live without it mm-hmm. and you've listened to it so many times you know it inside and out you don't get sick of it you can put on you know your headphones or you can crank up the stereo at home or in the car and you can get lost in it mm-hmm. and you really feel like you're there you're in it you're present when you're listening to it and it just it holds you mm-hmm. and then you go see that band live in concert mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're surrounded by a bunch of screaming people you know uh-huh. maybe you're at a music festival and everybody's kind of dirty and like not everybody's wearing <laughs> shoes and you know you have to use or public deodorant. restrooms or deodorant <laughs> yeah and like and maybe you've never seen this band live before mm-hmm. and maybe you're a little bit disappointed, disappointed yeah. but the experience mm-hmm. the experience is different you could listen to that album whenever you want your whole life maybe you only got to see that band live once you were there you were there while it was happening. You were right there. Mm-hmm. And those people who created that music are on stage creating it mm-hmm. in front of you just for that audience, mm-hmm. just for those people right there. That to me is what's special about theater. Mm. I love film. I would hope to maybe be in some films someday. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's in the cards. I don't know anything about film acting or what makes it different from theater mm-hmm. acting. I have some guesses, mm-hmm. but you know, I've never had the I've never had the chance to try. My you don't point have the experience, is yeah. when you go sit down and you watch a play or you watch an opera or you go see a musical, you are experiencing that thing in that moment as it is only once and every other time that it's performed even by those same people, it will not be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really it's a really good point. It's this this special encapsulated moment that exists only for that that cast and that audience that one time and like you said even even if you go see a broadway show there's going to be nuances that are different that actor might have a slightly different reaction even if they're a professional and it's it's an experience like no other that is enriching to the to the body and to the mind and to the soul in a way that nothing else is especially not anything canned like like you said the difference between the the live the live show versus the 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 album that you love of course yeah um and it and part of what makes that special and what makes it different is a uh, there's what i call the conversation mm. um there is a conversation always happening between performers and audience members in a live setting whether it's a band playing um if it's if it's just me you know, or just you, like just one person sitting at a campfire with a guitar with mm. four or five people around. Uh, it could be a huge concert. It could be a Broadway musical. It could be one of our sh- shows here with First City Players in mm-hmm. Ketchikan. There is a conversation happening between the audience and the the players or the mm-hmm. performers. And what's so cool about that is that you as an audience member 
whether you know it or not, and oftentimes unwittingly, are actually helping shape the show. Absolutely. And I can say this as somebody who has been an avid audience member Mm -hmm. and an avid performer, Mm because I can see and feel it happening from both sides. Um, Absolutely. The way you react... And like even sometimes just the looks on your faces because we can see your faces mm-hmm. in the crowd and we do look out and see you. We do. And you know the the, <laughs> it the, or not. the looks of surprise or or sorrow or mm-hmm. or like the squirming in the seat and uncomfortable scene or the laughter mm-hmm. or you know just like the, the 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 applause like any little thing that's affecting like no performance live performance anyway mm-hmm. exists in a vacuum. There is an mm-hmm. energy being passed back and forth. Mm-hmm. So you're part of it. Like I said before, you're, as the audience member, is what makes it a performance. Mm-hmm. It's not a performance without an audience. Yeah, we need you. And I think that's the thing, like you hit the nail on the head with how, you know, that's why it, it's awesome to see shows. If, they, if you do get the opportunity, if they are playing multiple weekends or if they're playing multiple times, if you can go back and see it again, because the the and you can speak into this too i would love to hear like your experience because i know personally during rehearsals i might be doing something one way because that's how it's directed to be or you know that's the way that i feel about it then you get to the stage and the audience reacts to something that you were not expecting that i was not expecting at all like that wasn't it was not i thought it was maybe mildly amusing they think it's hilarious or i thought it was funny and they think it's horrible Right, and so then that changes how my relationship with that either that dialogue or that movement or that action based on what the audience's reaction. And I think a lot of times audience members think that they're just there to watch and you know be dazzled by what we do, but no, like a hundred percent, exactly what you said. It's a conversation. We're we're taking in what you give us. I agree, and I and I think another important aspect of that is is that we're all feeling together. Mm. And that, more than anything, makes it worth it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, as you said, the difference between, say, a rehearsal and, and a live performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there, there's times, obviously, in rehearsals where you're, you're feeling, you're in the moment, you're emotionally, you are finding the methods that allow you to emulate, or maybe not even emulate, but to truly feel what you want your character to feel or what mm. you f- you think they should be feeling but sometimes being on stage it hits you in such a different way and you'll surprise yourself you'll find yourself actually getting choked up actually crying when you're supposed to mm-hmm. cry you'll find yourself genuinely laughing when mm-hmm. you're cued to laugh mm-hmm. um, you'll find yourself uh, creating all these expressions and micro expressions in your face that are, you know, anger, disgust, like you mm-hmm. can just feel them. And I, I, I guess I'm speaking from my experience because mm-hmm. I, I cannot tell you what it's like to be inside any other performer's right. head. And then, and you feel the audience there feeling it with you mm-hmm. and it makes you feel less alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important thing that first city players provides for mm-hmm. this community. Yeah. And like you said, any, any, any theater group, like wherever you're listening, you know, get involved somehow, even if it's backstage, because even the people, you know, there's there's a quite a few people who are either on the board of directors or they just like to be around theater and they get, you get some of that too and you get to be a part of the, the team and, and get yeah. to... If you're good with your hands, they, you know, they're always looking for help uh, building sets um, or mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're artistic, 
uh, for painting sets. If you know, if you're good with a needle and thread, Mm -hmm. helping with costumes, you know, they're always looking for hair and makeup people. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many ways to get involved. um, Absolutely. And and all of it is extremely important. You can't do one without the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the the grips and the gaffers and all the people backstage you know uh, on the set of a film you know you might you see them all those people in the credits that go for forever and ever and ever they all go into making that that film possible and you know we have in all of our productions we have amazing volunteers you know everything from you know wearable art on through everything you have these amazing volunteers backstage that you don't see you, you and they're the unsung heroes because without them, there's no way we would be able to do any production. And it's a good way to learn new skills too. Mm. Um, not only are all these things incredibly important to putting a show on and can make or break a show, um, but you could learn uh, mm. all about lighting. You could learn about sound design. Mm. You could learn about uh, staging cues or or, or working with uh, with various computer programs mm-hmm. that you know could help you in other areas of your life or at least help you build a new skill that could be very useful to you um there's really a lot of ways to get involved in and not just for city players but in the arts and catch can in general mm-hmm. you know there's so many things you can do you can take you could take dance classes mm-hmm. um you could you know go to poetry readings mm-hmm. um there's you know there's book clubs there's mm-hmm. there's uh story times there's you know there's just so much going on um and that's you know not to say that sometimes during the winter things can get a little bit dreary and, and get a little bit dead mm-hmm. uh but if you look hard enough even if there's nothing scheduled to do, mm-hmm. you can make that change. You can be the mm-hmm. one who's like, well, how come we don't have this? Mm-hmm. How come we don't have that? I mean, we have a LARPing group in town now. Yeah. Uh, like there's, there's so many things that you wouldn't think yes. that you would find in a town of this size. And there's, we're starting to find them. Here they are. They're coming. A hundred percent. Just sorry. You, you said that and that made me, they uh, were at Ward Lake the other day. Iron Sky, yeah. And Iron Sky LARP group, which that's a LARP stands for live action role playing. And they, I, as much fun as you were saying you've had playing with First City players, they were having having this mock battle with foam swords out by the lake, and it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. This like the pure, unadulterated joy, and it was there were children and teens and adults, and they were all in their full regalia their garb yes, their, their garb, garb and their night it. outfits and just it was the most joyful thing i would if you don't know what that is youtube it it's amazing there's also that movie um role models yes uh that is a a fantastic film that kind of has that as a as a, as a focal point uh but yeah check out iron sky larp group they yep they have a facebook page and if you're curious about what uh Iron Sky may or may not be like. You can look up the program they use is called Amped Guard, mm. so you can look that up online as well. Um, if you're curious about, you know, how to build a class or mm. how to build a weapon or mm-hmm. like what garb is like or what the games are like, or you can just reach out to the moderators of their Facebook mm-hmm. page, and um, they're all very, very cool people. Um, I'm sure uh, they're always looking for new people to get involved. Now you're talking, I'm talking like, cause I've just seen them and appreciate it. You're talking like, you know, and you've participated. I participated a little bit. Yes. Unfortunately, um, I, 
I just don't have it in my schedule to no. be able to go, uh, you know, get whacked <laughs> in the face with with a foam sword um, every every Monday or every Sunday or you know whenever they whenever get together. Yeah. I hope that I do have the time at mm-hmm. some point to get back involved because it really is a cool meeting of like D and D style role playing, mm-hmm. um, and then like uh, and acting, and then mm-hmm. also uh, like physicality and like exercise and mm-hmm. and and mock violence. Who, who doesn't love that? You know, we've right. all played with Nerf guns or had pillow fights. Yeah, right. It's like that, but you know, with foam swords. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the uh, the thesis of our TED talk today has been that no matter what it is, there is something for everyone here in Ketchikan to participate in some kind of artistic endeavor. And like, I'm a very, very firm believer that there's an art in everything and there's an art to everything. And I'm a firm believer that everyone has an art. Yes. So 100%. there's gotta be something for you out there. Um, you know, and if you try and, and something doesn't quite stick, don't give up, try that thing again or try mm-hmm. something try else. Something else. And see and see the art in what you do, even just as your your job. You know what I mean? Like if you're a chef, if you are even some, like a server, if you're a salesperson, like there is an art to those things that you do. And seeing it that way, and and seeing it as playing, and not seeing it as work, and not seeing it as drudgery, but taking pride and ownership of it in that way, I think goes a long way towards being more like fulfilled just in your life and it helps show you the changes that you want to make mm. you know the, the ways that you can be more fulfilled you know if, if you absolutely can't find the pleasure in what you're doing there's no shame in that we all mm-hmm. have to do the things we do have to get by but i do think there is always room for at least enough play to to balance out the work so 100 percent. and so that's a nice uplifting conversation for this dreary Thursday. I know we had some nice sun the last few days. Hopefully some more will come back. And Niles, thank you so much for joining me today on First City Forum. Handshake you can't see on the radio. Thank you for having me, Zach. Yeah, of course. And thank you all for tuning in to First City Forum here on KTKN and streaming on catchacanradio.com. We'll be back with more First City Forum tomorrow. Have a good one, everyone.